0: Thank you for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. I'm Diane Mulligan with my colleagues, Sarah Beatty and Jordan Sherman. And you may be wondering, what does Move the Stairs mean?
1: It's our philosophy, how we look at every challenge as an opportunity.
0: And when you move the stairs, you take the steps other people might not readily recognize, creating customer loyalty, nurturing great relationships with the media, and building a resilient CBD brand. So over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to talk with the brightest minds, the savviest business leaders and reporters in the CBD space.
1: You'll learn how brand protection PR can help your CBD business stand head and shoulders above your competitors.
0: And you'll be on your way to making the most of any challenge. That's what we call Move the Stairs. Let's get started.
1: All right, welcome to the Move the Stairs Episode 60 podcast. We are recording on Thursday, February 24th, 2022, and we are so happy you're joining us for today's exciting conversation. Our guest is the editor-in-chief for Green Entrepreneur website and magazine and the host of the Green Entrepreneur podcast, John Small, and he's going to give us some insight into how you can use podcasting to increase customer loyalty thought leadership, and business resiliency in 2022. Diane, I am so excited for this.
0: I know. It's going to be great. And and we know one of the biggest pain points for CBD businesses is building a loyal customer base. We also know that customers do business with people they know, like, and trust. And being interviewed on a highly rated podcast like Green Entrepreneur and then amplifying that interview on your social media channels gives your customers the experience not only hearing your expertise and getting to know you, but also getting to know your brand on a really personal level. And we all know that telling a great personalized story is one of the best ways to connect with your customers. They, They really get that back and forth. They feel like you really care about them. And that's so important. And we cannot wait to ask John about what makes a great story so that you can connect with your customers that way.
1: And what's crazy is we've seen data that supports the booming popularity of podcasts, uh, particularly uh, since the onset of the pandemic. Um, And that's when we started our podcast, actually. (laughs) So I'm intrigued to hear from John about how podcasts uh, offer people um, uh, in the cannabis industry, those business owners, an opportunity to connect with customers and reporters and expand to new audiences that maybe they, they weren't reaching before.
0: Absolutely, and we know most podcasts are between 30 to 60 minutes. And you know, they're great platforms for people to have meaningful conversations about cannabis issues. And more importantly, it's a medium that in some cases is easier for people to digest information from because it's truly a conversation where different views can be aired. And we're excited to ask John about how podcasting can help brands stay on top of what's happening to prepare for future industry issues. So here we go. John Small, we want to give you a great warm welcome. How are you?
2: Well, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I oh, love it. Everybody's so are- excited about podcasts. My favorite topic.
0: <laughs> we are. And, and man, you are so well-versed in this. So I'm really excited to to really, you know, talk with you and get your insights. So you're editor-in-chief for Green Entrepreneur as well as the host of Green Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm so excited. I'm talking very quickly because I'm just so excited about this whole thing. And (laughs) (laughs) you started a podcast consulting company and now you have more than 20 clients. So you know what you're talking about. And that's one Um, of the reasons that we are thrilled (laughs) that you've joined us today. What made you decide to start podcasting?
2: Uh, start podcasting in general. It was really I fell in love with the form, the medium. I was I was I had a terrible. I live in Los Angeles, so everybody knows it's famous for its terrible traffic, and I had to commute to Santa Monica every day. It was an hour and a half commute back and forth, oh. and the only thing that kept me sane was listening to podcasts. And I just you know I discovered uh, podcasts. I had never really thought about podcasts. I didn't really know much about. it. I heard people talking about them at work, and I started listening to them, and it just made the ride bearable to the point where. I Looked forward to my commute. I mean, I actually like was like, oh, I'm excited to sit and travel for an hour and a half because I get to listen, <laughs> yeah. to, you know, to, to my favorite podcast. And um, sort of simultaneously, I was taking a, a course actually in digital marketing. I was trying to figure out about digital marketing. And one of the things that came up is, you know, what, podcasting is a form of marketing. And it, as a sort of class assignment, we 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 had to pick something that would market our services. And at the time, I was trying to market myself as a writing coach and guru and expert because I on the side, I do that. I ghostwrite people's books and I do that kind of thing. And so I started a, a podcast called Write About Now uh, sort of to promote myself as a thought leader in the writing, how to write space. And it was just something I did on my own. I figured out how to buy a mic. And, you know, I, I love all this stuff anyway, because I'm a, a DJ in another life and I, and I love all the equipment and, and stuff. And, and I'm also a journalist, obviously. And I started doing this this podcast called Write About Now. And I started at first just bringing on my friends who were writers, but then it got, you know, I started bringing on more high profile people. Not that my friends aren't high profile, but you know what I mean, <laughs> like real real writers. And the, 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 the podcast sort of took on a life of its own. Suddenly I was getting emails from people that I didn't know saying, hey, I love your, you know, people in the UK and people in Germany saying, I'm listening to your podcast, thank you so much. And I was like, what is going on here? This was just a class assignment. And I realized that this was like, it became more than just getting me business. It became this wonderful vehicle for me to, to, to interview interesting people and to sort of get my name out there and to uh, really engage with an audience that I hadn't had before. So now I still have right about now going on. Um, when I got the job at green entrepreneur, one of the first things I said is we've got to do a podcast because I've seen how <laughs> effective it is for my personal business. So we did a green entrepreneur podcast and um, you know, not to, talk too much here. But during the quarantine days, and when I was sort of stuck at home, like all of us, um, I just I started reaching out to some of the people that I had been interviewing on the Green Entrepreneur podcast. And I said, you know, you have a great story and a great voice and such a great company story. Would you ever be interested in doing a podcast, like your own podcast? And they said, Well, tell me more, john, I don't you know, I can't it's too hard. I don't how am I going to find the time and blah, blah, blah. And I said, Listen, I've been doing this now for three years. I, I know how to do it. Um, Let me let me produce it for you. Let me let me do it from start to bottom, from idea to to actual, you know, distribution of your podcast. And I started signing on a few people, uh, mostly sort of friends in the industry. And then word got around that, you know, this guy knows how to produce podcasts. And so uh, suddenly there was quite a bit of interest. And I think my timing was good because everybody was stuck at home. Right at the time, and wanted the opportunity to to sort of do something, some sort of marketing, uh, and or just have some sort of activity other than walking around the block, so um, and working all day. So uh, so that really helped me build this company called Strike Fire Productions, which is a podcast production company. So um, it started off as just a little assignment for a class, and now it's become a, a side hustle business for me. So I love it.
0: I think that's great and you know you said one thing that really stuck with me is that it was really a vehicle for engagement and we know one of the biggest challenges for cannabis companies is building customer loyalty and that engagement can be huge there's also such a lack of education and such a huge number of products to choose from so that when those customers are out there what's going to be that one thing you know that really makes them say i want to buy from this company And so since the popularity of podcasts has has just skyrocketed, I mean, the sheer number available to download to the number of people listening, it's become a great opportunity for you to be able to educate and inform people and your customers about almost any topic. And it reminds us of the, you know, the old Apple ad where they say there's an app for that. Well, now, (laughs) you know, there's a podcast for that. And I just want to know, how has the cannabis industry taken to podcasting? And, you know, what changes have you noticed in the past couple of years?
2: Well, I, you know, the cannabis industry is starting to just discover uh, podcasting. And um, I, I, but I think there's a lot of excitement because as you know, there's a lot of restrictions placed on cannabis companies uh, and as far as marketing goes. And so podcasting at this point, knock on wood, is not particularly restricted, is not regulated. And so cannabis companies are able to market uh, through podcasting. And and I think, you know, many of them are starting to see that this is a really effective way, as you said, to engage with our audience. I mean, podcasts, one thing people don't realize about podcasts, or is that people who listen to podcasts are some of the most engaged listeners you could possibly have. Um, I think there was some statistic I was reading this morning, like 80% of people will listen to the podcast all the way through. So can you think of can you imagine any other medium where people watch it all the way through? I mean, you watch a YouTube video for like, two seconds, you know, or, or 20, 20 seconds, but to listen to a 30 minute podcast all the way through, that is like the definition of engagement. And I think, you know, part of that is just how people listen to podcasts. A lot of them are in their cars. There's, there's nothing more you can do than listen when you're in your car. Right. I mean, unless you're driving and you're watching and, but you can't sort of multitask, you know, uh, unlike other mediums. Right. So you're, you really have the ears hostage when you are doing a podcast and I think the same, you know, goes when you're working out, et cetera. So, the way people um, consume podcasts, you know, makes it a real a really engaging experience for them. And so, I think that's what I tell my companies: like, if you really want to connect to the your listeners in a really personal way, you should consider podcasting.
1: Yeah, engaging and thought provoking too, John. Um, on one of the recent Green Entrepreneur podcasts, you interviewed Anthony Sullivan. And for those uh, who are unfamiliar, uh, he's a legendary pitch man. He worked alongside the late legendary pitch man, Billy Mays, on the OxyClean product. And uh, our team found it particularly intriguing because w- what was this guy's story? Is he just like another. Um, well-known celebrity trying to get in on the business and, and chase the dollar signs, or does he actually have um, a story, um, a, a personal story that's going to resonate with people? And that's what we found um, through your interview with him is he had a, a deeply personal story uh, into why he got into uh, CBD wellness and purchased a farm in Vermont. Um, so uh, two questions for you here. One, were you surprised by his story in that interview or do you see that a lot with the guests that you bring on and as you're searching for interviews whether it's for an online article or for the podcast what are some of the like fundamental questions that no matter who you're talking to you're trying to get answered when they come on your podcast
2: yeah I mean so the first question was I surprised about Sully Uh, but he goes by Sully um I I was a bit surprised I mean I I I was told by the editor-in-chief of entrepreneur who's a personal friend of sully that this guy's the real deal um and that was important to me because like you said there's a lot of figureheads in the cannabis industry Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of sort of just like spokespeople who don't really know anything about cannabis or about cbd um and they're just sort of like going along for the ride and and to make a quick buck and i think the audience really sees through that and doesn't particularly like that and i'm hoping that that'll change uh, Sully is not that he is like, it's a personal story. It helped cannabis CBD helped his daughter, uh, who has a rare disease. Um, and she was having a lot of, um, uh, spasms and, and things like that. So it helped, it helped, um, uh, immensely with that. And, and, you know, they've actually made now a TV show called Kings of Kush, which is yeah. on vice about his story. I mean, he's very talk about somebody who's really good at marketing yeah. himself, but I don't think he would have gotten into it. Had it not been a, a personal journey for him, because what's the point? I mean, everybody you talk to who's in CBD and cannabis say it is the hardest thing that they have ever done in their lives as a profession. And there, you would have to be like a masochist to just want to get into this job, uh, unless there was something passionate that you felt about about this product, about this plant, um, which was propelling you. And, and in his case, there really it really is a, a personal story. Obviously, he wants to be successful and he wants to make money, and he's a very good pitch person. But it really started from a personal place. Now I I've like, forgotten your second question. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, do your
0: second. Go, go to the second question because then I want to <laughs> interject. But not Jump yet. In. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, my second question for you, John, was you know, no matter who you're bringing on to your podcast, um, there must be like a set of core, fundamental questions that you're you know to ask, mm-hmm. and you know you're going to get some great answers. So, what are those questions?
2: I always ask about challenges. Because people like to hear how people overcome obstacles, uh, it's very important. You know, one of the you don't want somebody to come on and just give you a press release of how great they are. You want you want people to be human. You want to you want to hear how they've overcome obstacles. And I think in hearing the stories of how people have overcome obstacles, you can then identify with with them and say, oh well, I have those obstacles. That's super helpful to me. You know, I, I'm always mindful who is my audience. And in the case of the Green Entrepreneur Podcast, my audience is aspiring. And maybe already uh, successful entrepreneurs in the cannabis space, and so they don't want to just hear somebody come on and talk about how much money they've made and how great they 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 want to know what can I do what what is this what can this person teach me to help me become more successful and I think that's really important so I try to tailor my questions to kind of um, to kind of hit that those topics.
0: I think that's fascinating. And I, I was so interested when I when I saw your podcast pop up and I saw that Sully, if I may call him that, was going to be on <laughs> there, um, that I wanted to see even what his tone of voice was going to be, if he yeah. was very approachable or if he was the pitch man. And uh, it, was, it was fascinating to hear all that. And so you just talked about audiences. Do you find that your podcast audiences differ from your digital news audiences?
2: I do because a lot of the digital news audiences are kind of coming in through, you know, search. Um, They're not there. They're not, I hate to keep using this word engaged, but they're not your sort of core audience necessarily. They're people that have found you through search, through social, et cetera. You hope to maybe convert them into longtime listeners. So I do feel like there's a different approach. I feel like there's a much more personal approach that I take to podcasting where, you know, these are kind of like my, our longtime, you know, fans and listeners and I, I'm I'm real straight with them. I'm not going to give them any kind of clickbait. Not that we give a lot of clickbait on the on the on the podcast on right. the uh, website, but but the idea that it's not you know they're they're not just there uh, because they saw a story um that they liked and clicked on and social they're they're there because they like the brand of green entrepreneur and because they want to learn something more about the business from people who know about the business
0: absolutely i think that, that that credibility by association is very interesting and do you think that's one of the benefits that cannabis business owners get when they participate in an interview and what are some of the other benefits you see
2: yeah, I mean, I I think they get a credibility. I think they connect with the user in a way that becomes much more personal. Uh the, the listener becomes much more personal. People, there becomes a trust factor. You know, building trust especially in a in a in a category like CBD where there's so much snake oil, there's so much bad bad uh, you know, bad actors in that particular field. I think trust is one of the sort of most important elements that you can build with your consumer. Um and just a sort of reliability, a trust, and and you mentioned education. Um, there, you know, I'm in the business, and I still have lots of questions yeah. about CBD and cannabis. I mean, it, it's it's confusing. And if you have somebody, you know, who can can really steer you straight, um, and and really give you advice that you believe and trust um, about how to consume this pro this this product, um, then I think that's that's golden.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, John, at MNC Communications, we're all former journalists, which is really cool. Awesome. So we enjoy doing this podcast uh, quite yeah. a bit. So it takes us back to our news days, producing <laughs> the show and putting everything together. <laughs> but that experience in journalism, it helps us prepare our clients and Um, And we advise them to take advantage of media opportunities that come their way, because it allows them to position themselves as industry leaders and experts who can give a darn good interview and we call that inside media relations so because we believe so strongly um, in this principle. Uh, we encourage our clients to maintain these relationships with industry reporters and general assignment reporters. Um, and there's just a number of different ways to reach out to them, right? Twitter, email, picking up the phone. Uh, how do you choose who you're going to talk to on the podcast? Are you calling them? Are they calling you? Is a little bit of both. Uh, it's a little bit is, of both. what's the secret sauce here.
2: I mean, it's a little bit of both. I wish I had, you know producers that were out there looking for them, mo- <laughs> you know, because I'm just basically a one man show when it comes to most all my podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is I I, I have a, a good relationship with the publicity companies because they pitch me all the time. But I also tell them like, don't just randomly pitch me a person tell me what's the headline? What's the story? What, 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 what can this person uh, share with me that could be useful and interesting to my audience? Um, so I, I try to get them to distill it. I like when people kind of personalize their pitches to me um you know they tell me you know usually you know i also like when they've actually listened to the podcast so they have a sense of what we've had on before um so you know i i i often say you know what's the headline here like what what is the why this person oh they're making a cbd that's like the most organic well come on everybody claims to have the the kind of most natural cbd you know what is there a personal story you know i mean sully has a great personal story that makes it for a really interesting podcast is there something there's some point of difference in in their CBD from all the other CBDs? Is do they have a great business story? So I I do look for that. Um, so, you know, there's there's sort of a few different types of podcasts that I that I or kind of genres of podcasts within the Green Entrepreneur podcast. Some are just a great narrative story, some are a little bit celebrity driven because unfortunately, people still love celebrities. So if you can get a celebrity on, I usually will do it unless I feel like this person knows absolutely nothing about <laughs> CBD and then I'll not have them on but it definitely moves the, the needle yeah but right. and then there's sort of the more educational how-to type of of podcasts you know how to be a great pitch um pitcher you know from the the king of pitches you know Sully um from oxyclean or or something like that like maybe you have an expertise in a certain you know how to how to navigate the banking situation in 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 the CBD and cannabis industry something like that where you have a specialty. Um, that, that is also really helpful. And, and it's a kind of, the kind of podcast I look to book.
0: So let's say that we have a cannabis business owner who's gotten you to say yes, which would be amazing. Yeah. How should they prepare for the interview? Do you do a pre-interview? Um, should they think about coming up with stories? What should they do? And, and should they practice beforehand? What do you suggest So that, that interview really is a take home interview, one that's really going to, you know, grab that listener who's driving the car or on the treadmill.
2: Well, I have to say, and it's not just come on because I'm on your show, coming on your show, the way you, all the prep that you've done and sending me scripts and questions beforehand has been really great. I mean, I've never, I've been on a bunch of podcasts. I've never had this thorough, a sort of uh, prep before, before. (laughs) You know, a lot of people don't have the time to 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 do the kind of prep that you guys do and it's really impressive um i will generally send <clears throat> the podcaster i mean the uh, publicist or whoever is representing the, the person if i'm talking to them directly i'll send them some of my questions beforehand but my big advice is just be yourself um be real be authentic i mean everybody's always talking about authenticity and authenticity and it's a bit of an overused word but it, it but it really rings true i think in podcasting you can't really hide in podcasting, the most boring kind of podcasts I, I do, or when people kind of come on and I can tell that it's all scripted and they have like right. a kind of bullet points that they're going to say. And, you know, so I try to get them off that script. So in some ways I don't even like to prep them too much because I don't want them to kind of come all wooden with me. So, right. you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in when I'm interviewing somebody to really listen to what they're saying. I do a lot of prep before my podcast. So I'm, I, I know a lot about The person that i'm interviewing or hopefully know a bunch about i've read some interviews with this person i've read their bios i've i've kind of done gone down the 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 and so i i've researched it but i'm also listening to what they're saying so i'm not so scripted so you know if they say something that's really interesting that i hadn't known about or that i want to pursue i'll go on that that lane you know maybe throughout the script out that i prepared so i again i don't like to prep people too much i think you just tell people to be real. If there's something that they just can't say, uh, then that so be it. But I think the more honest and real people are, the more they come across and shine in in, yeah. in, a, in an interview. You know,
0: very true.
1: Yeah, I, I think you um you answered next question I was going to ask too, John, about you know what makes that good interview because you know it, it's a simple question, but the answer is just so it's far more complex than that because. As you just pointed out, you don't want somebody in there who's going to read off of three bullet points and that's the entire interview. Um, You know, you want somebody who's going to articulate the information and, um, you know, we we always talk about how analogies are so powerful um, when you're trying to make a point um, and how Mm. that can, you know, work to stick, uh, whether it's going to be on the news or um, in print. Um, Those are great ways to to get your point across. So, um, Diane... I think we can move on to part three.
0: Absolutely. So we know cannabis business owners are constantly looking out for ways that they can strengthen their brand and really weather those threats to their reputation and their bottom line, which is really important in an industry where things are changing. Jeez, every day it seems that there's new information, (laughs) there's new trials, there's new regulations. It's just nuts. So we believe that um, every business owner, should build resiliency into their, into their brand. In fact, you know, I just finished listening to this week's green entrepreneur podcast on magic mushrooms. That was a great one. Um, <laughs> and it's amazing to me how podcasting offers such great opportunities to, to, discuss all types of industry issues. And part of building resiliency is being on top of the latest industry trends. So my question to you is what trends do you think CBD business owners should be monitoring right now?
2: Um, Well, definitely the sort of adding of different compounds to CBD, that seems to be a big trend right now, like CBN and all these different um, uh, compounds that are being added to CBD. And I, you know, one of the benefits of my job is I get a lot of free uh, stuff sent to me all the time. (laughs) And I've noticed (laughs) that the, that the the days of me just getting a, a pure CBD product seem to be, be in the past i mean you mentioned you know that marley one just sent me something that has has all sorts of mushrooms in it and stuff i actually had to ask the the guy who i interviewed for this magic mushroom you know is this marley stuff i'm going to take is it going to get me Am i going to start tripping and like no 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 those are not the kind of mushrooms i was scared i had this little (laughs) picture yeah i mean i need to know so um, i forgot what they call them but they're they're, they're benign like they're, they 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 they're not uh they're not bad mushrooms not or not those kind of kind of mushrooms so um yeah i think i'm seeing that trend um i'm seeing a kind of weeding out no pun uh yeah. right now of the 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 snake oil and the the sort of differentiation between in the cbd industry of what you can buy at the gas station yeah. which is the mm-hmm. and then what and then what you know you should buy at a, at, a, at a at a legitimate um store and i think There, people are starting to get more savvy that the stuff in the gas station is not the good stuff. And I think, you know, I'm hoping that the CBD industry will kind of rectify itself because sort of in the absence of the FDA um, regulating uh, CBD, um, you know, that, that, that sort of it has to regulate itself. Now, I know that most people who are legitimately in the CBD business and are real uh not just trying to make a quick buck really are you know welcoming and encouraging some sort of regulation they want it they want it more than anyone right. um right. but until that time comes i think it is important um you know to make sure that your consumer knows that your stuff is the real deal whether that's a certificate you know or um you know just uh, indicating that that this is not this is not snake oil so i i definitely see that as as a big trend and something that worries cbd owners a lot um, but, you know, CBD is a tough business to get into right now. You really have to find a point of difference. There are just too many people doing it. I think the days of the green rush, you know, where everybody's, oh, I'm going to start a CBD brand. Um, even the ones that have a celebrity attached. It's not it's not a I still get questions from my friends. What the, you know? So many different right. CBDs. Which ones do I use? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people want the good stuff. Um, and so. Um, I, I think you're going to see, I, I hope, a balancing out between the the, the real actors and the, and the,
1: the fakers. So I, I think this is um, the next question I'm about to ask is the one I've wanted to ask the entire podcast record. Cause you touched on it um, early on in the podcast. And as brands are, are trying to be resilient, very careful about what they say. So are you finding the conversations that you've had um, with cannabis industry folks, less limiting. And by that, you know, we know CBD companies, as you pointed out earlier, are very, very careful about what they put online. Um, And nobody's going to come on your podcast or ours for that matter and say they have a cure for cancer through their products. But does the podcasting platform offer them a safer place where they feel more comfortable talking about research, regulations, wellness, um, whatever the case may be? without drawing that ire from the FDA or FTC? Or on the flip side, do they still have to use caution?
2: I Legally, I don't know the answer to that. I, I would use caution. I would never go out publicly with information that could come back and, and haunt you. It's dangerous for your company, but it's also dangerous for the general population. You don't mm-hmm. want to be claiming something cures cancer when there's no research to back that up. Right. You know, One of the new trends that I do see coming down the line is there is going to be more research on, CB, on CBD and on cannabis. And I I definitely, you know, it would help if we were nationally legal. But until that happens, I'm seeing a lot more studies coming out now that a lot more people are using this stuff. So you will be able to hopefully back up some of your claims with real science. But I would be, I would still be cautious. I wouldn't go and, you know, do one thing in your sort of uh, social media outreach. But on your podcast, you know, you talk about how, um, you know, how it could, Potentially people are saying that it, that it could, you know, cure cancer. I mean, that is not a, a path that you, you want to go down, stay, stay true to, 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 uh, to the facts. I would stick with the facts.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to stick with the facts and also the terms that you use are still, I think, really important. You don't want to use a term like insomnia because mm-hmm. that's a medical condition, And you just don't want to talk about any of those medical conditions. Um, There are other ways to say how your product can help. But, you know, one of the points that you made, which I thought was very interesting, is that there are so many CBD companies out there, and it is so hard to differentiate your product. Personally, I think doing interviews on podcasts, positioning yourself as a thought leader, so people have a a semi-personal relationship with you, again, goes back to they may choose your product, just because they think you know what you're talking about and hopefully you do mm-hmm. but that that you're do you let me ask you do you agree with that
2: Oh a hundred percent I can't I can't think of one reason that you wouldn't go on a podcast if you were asked to be on a on a podcast I mean that is it is as we've sort of made very clear you have a captive audience mm-hmm. uh, an, an audience that's already interested in the topic if they're listening to a podcast about Cbd they probably are interested in you know, CBD. Right. Um, so you have a, an engaged audience and this just gives you the ability to connect with that audience in a, in a different way and really have a, con- it's really having a conversation with your right. potential consumer rather than, you know, making a speech or, or doing an ad. It's just such a different experience. The whole, the whole sort of platform of podcasting is more conversational by nature. And it just it just seems and is more real as a, as a sort of way to impart information than, than some of the other platforms that are very like wooden.
0: Well, and we always tell our clients, you're really not selling. Yeah. You are educating, you are informing and you're positioning yourself. There's, it's a whole different thing. You're it's not so important your product. Right? Yeah. And I, mean. I, in
2: fact, when I, when I'm doing an interview and I feel somebody's really selling it, I, I try to steer the, because I'm like, this is not helping you. It's not helping Great. me. it it might feel like this is what you need to be doing because you're on a public platform, but this is, you know, people, people are smart. They smell that a mile away. Oh, here's this guy. This is not an infomercial, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's important to me that people don't go there. And I find that most people don't naturally go there. Um, That's not your natural sort of state of conversation is to sort of like, unless I guess you're like a, a serious salesperson. That's probably why I don't have a lot of salespeople on my, show i have more no, like you know <laughs> that would be interesting to do a podcast on sales without having somebody be salesy um but uh but yeah i don't i don't find that that happens a lot but when it does have i do find it happens when people contribute articles to green entrepreneur that they want me to reap to right. publish they are they read like press releases and i'm like right. i can't i can't run this you know and i don't I, I constantly try to tell them you know frame it like you know it, you would see it in an article in a newspaper or you know you're you're imparting advice like just the very fact that you've written the article is that's enough right. pr you don't need to say this and this is why my company is so great because it just it just rings as phony to for I agree.
0: everybody yep, yeah i agree okay one last question if if the people who are listening are thinking okay i'm i i listen uh to the move the stairs podcast but where else what other podcast should i be listening to obviously the green entrepreneur podcast they should be listening to yes that's to. the
2: greatest podcast of absolutely I mean so that's a really good, good telling,
0: question. Jonathan.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. No, I mean, I think, you know, uh, some of the I've had on some uh podcasters on my Green Entrepreneur podcast. I love Weed and Grub. That is a, a podcast that is um you might not you might be familiar with.
0: Absolutely.
2: I, I like um uh, well I'm gonna do a little self-promotion for for uh pot from pot to popular, which is one that I produce. Um, and that's hosted by by Rosie Matteo. but that's a that's a good podcast. She has interesting guests on her podcast. How to do the pot? Um, I'm getting a little echo here, but uh, how to do the pot is a really good um, a, a podcast. It's, as far as like an educational podcast, um, it's, uh, it's 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 um, it's hosted by April Pride and Ellen Scanlon, and it's it's targeted mostly at women, but it's a really good. I find um, they have great questions that they address each each episode um about about using pod and CBD in your professional in your uh, personal life uh to enhance your life. And uh you know I host a podcast called in, in addition to green entrepreneur called Enhance your Life, which you might like, which is um which is sponsored by Wana Brands, which is an edibles company oh, yeah. but re- mm-hmm. uh, and and is there is there is their podcast basically their podcast that they put out there in the world? They they hired me to host it, I guess, because I'm a journalist um, and it really it, we don't talk about wana brands at all. I mean, we've had like maybe two episodes that are actually about wanna. It's really just talking to interesting people who ha- use pot, who use um, uh, cannabis in their lives in an effective way, um, you know, wh- you know, from like doctors to. To firemen I had on the other day, um, you know, who, who use it to enhance their lives. So I, I find that that's a really interesting sort of take, I think, on, on the, on, on the topic.
0: That's great. There's several here I had not heard of before. So I'm thrilled <laughs> to have this list. Great. I just wrote them all down. So that's very awesome. Cool. Awesome. What a great interview. I can't thank, thank you, you enough, John. It's been so wonderful to chat with you today. You are the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur Magazine and- digital and the host of Green Entrepreneur Podcast. And we're thrilled that you were with us on our podcast. We got so much information. Thank you.
2: Well it is such a pleasure. You guys ask great questions and I'm so excited that you're so bullish about the podcast space. I think you're really smart and you're really ahead of ahead of the game here. Well that's very
0: kind. This is like a little mutual admiration. Exactly. Uh, Yay us. Yay us (laughs) yay us. Exactly. (laughs) Thanks so much and we'll talk to you soon
1: thanks Diane. Okay. Take care. Wow, that was an awesome conversation, so Diane. So
0: awesome! Um, I, who I would have that. thought
1: two years ago, three years ago, we'd be talking about how you know podcasts could play such a big role in brand protection, PR, and you know, John gave some great examples, I think, across the board here of how that works in real life. Um, you know, one thing I wrote down immediately uh, from part one, we were talking about you know, building customer loyalty here. Um, was the marketing aspect of podcasts. And he kept going back to a point um, that I thought was really cool too, and how people who listen to podcasts uh, are very engaged with the product. And, and that for you, um, it, when you appear on a podcast, gives you great brand recognition. And people who are deeply passionate about CBD or cannabis or you know whatever the the flavor uh, may be of the podcast you're appearing on, I think that's really powerful.
0: Absolutely. And and when he was talking about insider media relations, um, he talked a lot about people overcoming challenges and he wants to know what those challenges are and what the obstacles are and, and what tips you can give to other people so that they have that aha moment. And they also have that relationship moment of this person gets me, this person understands what my problems are and that that makes a great podcast. So that's something to think about whether you're pitching or Or also when you're going to be on the podcast, are those points, keep them in the back of your mind because they can help other people and that helps with thought leadership.
1: And then lastly, uh, just to put a bow on our our, uh, last bit of the conversation we had with John talking about building resiliency, um, he brought brought up a good point about how compounds are becoming more popular um, within the CBD space. And understanding what they are, what they do, um, who you're marketing them to, just keeping that conversation going is a great way to kind of protect yourself from somebody who um, may have an issue down the line, or if something pops up in the industry down the line. Uh, being on top of that is a great way to uh, maintain your brand resiliency. So I just we love cannot thank
0: conversation. It was great.
1: Yeah. You know, we can't thank John enough for joining us again, editor-in-chief for Green Entrepreneur uh, Entrepreneur Magazine and the host of the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. Um, thank you again for joining the Move the Stairs Podcast and thank everyone for listening. We hope you'll join us again soon. Next new episode will drop in a couple of weeks.
0: Thank you again for listening to the Move the Stairs Podcast. You may be wondering where the phrase move the stairs comes from. It's my life's mantra and MNC's commitment to our clients. It's a nod to a defining moment in my television news career. You know, in news, you have to be first with the story, no excuses. And one night I had to get the first TV news interview with a senatorial candidate after he accepted the nomination on stage. I noticed the stairs leading off the stage were taking the candidate directly to my competitors, but what could I do? So I looked around and I noticed the stairs were on wheels. I walked over and bolted the stairs and moved them so the candidate walked off the stage right to my team first. At MNC Communications, our years in the media taught us there's always a way to move the stairs to make the best possible outcome happen for our clients.